Morgan's AM, your pre-market briefing. S&P 500 and Nasdaq extended declines into a fifth consecutive session overnight following choppy trading, pulling lower in part by the announcement from the Bank of England that it would end its emergency intervention in the UK bond market by this Friday. The Dow added 36 points or 0.1% pairing an earlier session rally of as much as 400 points. Amgen paced gains for the Dow with a 5.7% gain, with the biotechnology company buoyed by an upgrade to overweight by analysts at Morgan Stanley. Walgreens Boots Alliance rose 2.4% after the company said it had accelerated its plans to buy full ownership of CareCentrics, acquiring the remaining 45% stake for $392 million. The broader S&P 500 fell 0.7% to 3,589, settling within 0.1% of its 30th of September closing low of 3,586. Communication services and information technology both fell over 1.5% to lead seven of the 11 primary sectors lower. Real estate and consumer staples advanced around 1% to be the leading primary sector performers overnight. The Nasdaq dropped 1.1% to 10,426, logging its lowest close since the 28th of July 2020. Meta platforms down 3.9% and Netflix down 6.8% were both under notable pressure with both stocks having dropped more than 60% year-to-date. Chipmakers also saw fresh selling, advanced micro-devices losing 0.3% and NVIDIA Corp down 0.7%. The small capitalization Russell 2000 index inched 0.1% higher. The International Monetary Fund cut its global growth forecast for 2023 overnight amid colliding pressures from the war in Ukraine, high energy and food prices, inflation and sharply higher interest rates warning that conditions could worsen significantly next year. The IMF said its World Economic Outlook forecasts show that a third of the world economy will likely contract by next year, marking a sobering start to the first in-person IMF and World Bank annual meetings in three years. The IMF said global gross domestic product growth will slow to 2.7% next year, compared to a 2.9% forecast in July, as higher interest rates slow the US economy, Europe struggles with spiking gas prices and China contends with continued COVID-19 lockdowns and a weakening property sector. The IMS growth forecast for 2022 remains unchanged at 3.2%. The growth forecast for the US was cut 0.7% to 1.6% for this year, reflecting an unexpected second quarter GDP contraction, while the US 2023 growth forecast was unchanged at 1%. In US corporate earnings, PepsiCo up half a percent, released its third quarter result tonight. Analysts expect S&P 500 index aggregate earnings will grow by 4.5% for the third quarter, though much of this is driven by an expected 6.3% gain for the energy sector, according to data from Refinitiv. Financial sector earnings are forecast to fall 1.6%. In US economic data overnight, the National Federation of Independent Business Business Optimism Index rose for a third consecutive month to 92.1 in September, up from 91.8 in August and better than the 91.8 reading expected by economists. Separately, consumers expect the inflation rate a year from now to be 5.4%, the lowest number in a year and a decline from 5.75% in August, according to the latest New York Fed survey of consumer expectations. That level peaked at 6.8% in June and has been coming down since as the central bank instituted a series of rate hikes totaling 3%. 
While the near-term outlook for the inflation was improving, respondents also indicated that they see household spending growth of 6% for next year, a steep fall from August's 7.8% projection, and the lowest level since January, and the biggest one-month decline ever in a data series going back to June 2013. European bourses settled with modest losses, with falls for the chemical sector down 2.5%, outweighing gains for the retail sector, which rose 0.8%, leaving the pan-European Stock 600 index 0.6% lower. Germany's DAX eased 0.4%, France's CAC slipped 0.1%. London's FTSE 100 declined 1.1% as further bond market interventions from the Bank of England dented sentiment. Insurers Aviva, Legal and General and Prudential all fell sharply after the Bank of England warned over dysfunction in the government debt market. Banks also fell, with Barclays down over 2% and Lloyds Banking Group down 1.7%. The Guardian newspaper reported that the boss of Santander UK as saying that the bank was putting aside more money for potential defaults linked to the cost of living crisis after seeing a pickup in customers falling behind on mortgage and loan payments. As mentioned, the Bank of England again sought to stem a sharp sell-off in Britain's £2.1 trillion government bond market overnight, expanding its emergency £65 billion gilts purchasing program to inflation-linked debt. Citing a material risk to UK financial stability after pension firms were hit by the turmoil, the Bank of England split its program to buy up to £10 billion of British gilts each day to include up to £5 billion of index-linked bonds. Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey addressed an event organised by the Institute of International Finance in Washington and ruled out continuing the central bank's £65 billion bond buying intervention into next week. We've announced we'll be out by the end of this week. My message to pension funds is you've got three days left, Mr Bailey said, noting that the Bank of England had to be clear that financial stability interventions were temporary and any prolonged bond buying would clash with the bank's monetary ambition to raise interest rates. UK economic data, figures released by the Office for National Statistics, recorded that the unemployment rate fell to 3.5% from 3.6% in the previous three months. That was against economists' forecast for an unchanged reading. It marked the lowest unemployment rate since February 1974. The ONS said the number of those economically inactive due to long-term sickness increased to a record high. The ONS also recorded that the number of workers on payrolls rose by 69,000 between August and September to a record 29.7 million. Base metals were mostly weaker overnight. Copper added 0.2% to be trading around $3.44 a pound, erasing earlier session losses. However, nickel shed 1.9%. Aluminium was down 0.9%, as was zinc. There were reports that Shanghai and other big Chinese cities have ramped up testing for COVID-19 as infections rise with some local authorities closing schools, entertainment venues and other tourist spots. Benchmark spot iron ore fell $1.70 or 1.7% to $97.05 a metric tonne. Gold futures settled $10.80 higher at $1,686 after touching their lowest intercession level since the 3rd of October in earlier trading at $1,667.50. Oil prices retreated for a second session, WTI falling $1.78 or 2% to $89.35 a barrel. Brent also lost 2% to $94.29 a barrel. US bond markets resumed trading following the Columbus Day holiday, with Treasury yields continuing to rise. US 10-year Treasury yields rose 5.5 basis points to 3.94%. They did touch a high of almost 4% earlier in the session. The two-year note yield edged 0.8 of a basis point higher to 4.31%. 
Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester, a voting member of the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee this year, said in remarks to the Economic Club of New York that she sees larger risks coming from tightening too little and allowing very high inflation to persist and become embedded in the, in the economy, adding that she does not expect any cuts in the Fed's benchmark rate next year. The Australian dollar is weaker, buying around 62.7 US cents. Reserve Bank of Australia Assistant Governor Lucy Ellis addresses the City Australia and New Zealand Investment Conference. This is general advice only, and we have not considered your needs or objectives.